Chapter 4, Part 1 of Guide to the Study of the Christian Religion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Guide to the Study of the Christian Religion, edited by Gerald Burney Smith. Chapter 4, Part 1 The Study of the New Testament. Introduction general purpose and scope of new testament study one the purpose and character of new testament study the purposes for which the new testament is legitimately studied are many but they may be comprehensively stated as two the intellectual and the religious men come to it to get knowledge or to get help for the better living of their lives as religious men but these two purposes again blend into one another one may conceivably acquire knowledge geographical archaeological historical or doctrinal without any religious benefit but normally at least one can gain no religious benefit except through the medium of an intellectual process it is through the ideas that come to us from the new testament that we gain spiritual benefit and it is with these ideas that new testament study has directly to do but we may seek ideas from the new testament along several different lines and by several different methods we may conceivably treat the new testament as a book of magic and seek to discover in it sentences which regardless of their original connection or meaning shall give guidance in the perplexities of life we may think of it as furnishing a program of the future and seek from it to write history before the fact we may come to it as to a source book of ethics culling from it its moral maxims and constructing them into a code or of theology and endeavor from its utterances to construct a system of christian thought the tendency of recent years however is to emphasize the historical aspect of new testament study and this seems to be right for in the first place interpretation by which alone we obtain the ideas of the new testament is itself a historical process its comprehensive question is what thought did the writer of the book have in his mind and by his book endeavor to express the answer to this question is that he thought thus and so and this fact that he so thought is a fact of history so much so as the date of a battle or the name of a king secondly all the processes that are contributory to interpretation are themselves in the field of historical study if one ask the meaning of an ancient word or the force of a greek tense or which of two readings of a passage of the new testament is the original one he is asking for facts of history and in the third place if from the facts ascertained by the interpretation of ancient records one seeks to construct the story of the life of jesus or an account of his teaching he is obviously engaged in historical study it is facts of history in their historic relations with which he is dealing this is not however to say that the results of the interpretative process have no value except for purposes of history 
the new testament books are rich in profound and stimulating religious thought and because of this fact have a value as religious literature quite apart from their value to the historian at two points therefore the historical study of the new testament may make its contribution to religious thought and life first at the end of the process of interpretation when it turns over to the theologian or the religious man needing inspiration and stimulus the rich treasure of religious thought which exegetical study has discovered and secondly at the end of the process of historical construction when it has written the history of the early church from both points of view whether we think of the new testament books as sources from which we may learn the history of early christianity or as religious literature valuable as such independent of its contribution to history they are of the highest value for the religious life and to the religious teacher for history is the great teacher of mankind and our richest inheritance from the past is found in the great thoughts preserved in literature nor must the distinction between these two points of view be overemphasized the historian must recognize the religious value of the books in order to be a good historian the student of the literature for its religious value must read it in the light of the history of the movement out of which it sprang if he would gain from it its highest religious value the thirteenth chapter of the first epistle to the corinthians is magnificent read as a panegyric of love even when detached from its connection and historical background but it becomes doubly significant and expressive when it is read as addressed to the corinthians who were ambitious to possess the showy charismatic gifts of the spirit and were forgetting and depreciating the far more valuable fruit of the spirit love the historian must be appreciative of the material with which he is dealing the student of religion must have the historical spirit two interpretation the central task with the task of historical construction though it falls properly within the field of new testament study we are not at this point immediately concerned for reasons of practical convenience this subject is dealt with in chapter five the early history of christianity that which claims our immediate attention is that which is prerequisite to constructive history viz interpretation and the processes contributory thereto to understand the nature and methods of the interpretative process and its central place in new testament study is of first importance to the new testament student three studies preliminary to interpretation but to the interpretation of these books certain other studies are for us of today necessary preliminaries the books were written in greek they have been preserved in manuscripts of the original text and of ancient translations which do not however perfectly agree among themselves as to how the books originally read hence arises the necessity for a process of textual criticism by which the original text may be as nearly as possible recovered 
furthermore since the greek of the new testament is for us a foreign tongue and even for modern greeks an antiquated form of their mother tongue we need in order to ascertain with accuracy the thought of the writers of these books a knowledge of the grammar and vocabulary of that ancient language but not only so for the interpretation of the books from which we learn the history of the religious movement out of which christianity came to be we need to know something of the story of their own origin and to an understanding of the origin of the new testament books there is needed in turn a knowledge of the life in the midst of which they arose that of the jewish people of the first century and of the greco-roman world and of the christian movement itself of which they were the products in other words a general knowledge of the origin of christianity of the environment in which it arose and of the way in which it came to express itself in literature is a needful preparation for the interpretation of the books from which we are in turn to gain a fuller knowledge of the rise of christianity thus we move in a circle or rather in a spiral from the books by a simple and incomplete interpretation we gain a general knowledge of the movement with the aid of this we read the books with fresh understanding and this in turn leads to a larger knowledge of the movement and so on indefinitely four studies that must follow interpretation but if these things textual criticism grammar lexicography and a general knowledge of the times in which and of the movement out of which the books arose are necessary preliminaries to the interpretation of the books and of the many other sources of the history of the beginnings of christianity there must be added to the work of interpretation certain other processes if new testament study is to achieve its goal these processes subsequent to interpretation may be described as the critical and the constructive for the results of the interpretation are the thoughts of the ancient writers and the interpretative process does not of itself determine their value for the purposes of history or for the promotion of the moral and spiritual life the student of the new testament who would gain from his study the largest value must on the one hand carefully avoid diverting the interpretative process from its proper goal by premature estimations of value and on the other hand must add to the work of interpretation both a critical and a constructive process the critical process as it deals with narrative material has for its purpose to add to the fact that the writer believed certain events to have happened in a certain way a well-founded judgment as to what actually happened luke says that john began to preach in the fiftieth year of tiberius is his chronology correct as pertains to material of a didactic character the critical process seeks to add to the historic fact that a given writer held this or that view of religion or morals itself a valuable fact immediately available for the history of thought a judgment called for not by the historian 
but by the theologian or the moralist concerning the value of the doctrine held by this ancient writer paul held that marriage was desirable only under certain conditions and for certain reasons was this judgment a sound one when we engage in the critical task in the field of event i e when we seek to ascertain what happened in the new testament times whether the question pertain to external event or internal thought though we are no longer interpreters we are still in the field of new testament study for we are still dealing with the history of the new testament period so also when we proceed from the historical data furnished by interpretation and criticism to construct the history of the rise of early christianity we are still within the new testament field whether dealing with events or ideas since both events and ideas are facts of the history of the new testament period but when having discovered by our interpretative process that a given early christian writer or teacher or group of writers held certain opinions and doctrines we proceed to subject these to a process of critical judgment to determine how much of this thought can justifiably be taken up into modern thought we are certainly on the outer edge of new testament study and approaching that of theology and ethics we are dealing not with the facts of the past but with present values the new testament student may certainly ask these questions but he has perhaps in that fact become something else than a new testament student five closer definition of the field of new testament study the study of the new testament as thus understood is accordingly wholly a historical task the studies preliminary to interpretation deal wholly with historical questions interpretation itself is a process of historic inquiry the results of interpretation have a double value and use the student may use them as data for the construction of the history of early christianity or for their intrinsic value in the field of religious thought and life in the former case he is still the historian of the new testament period of the christian movement in the latter he is passing into the field of the theologian and the preacher six the use of other books than those of the new testament canon but the recognition of new testament study as historical and as including within its task the construction of the history of the rise of christianity compels the inclusion of other books than those of the new testament within its field of work there are two reasons for this broadening of the field first because from these other books we discover the environment in which christianity arose and secondly because from them we gain supplementary data for its early history the sources of the history of any period or people consist of those historical documents and monuments which furnish valuable testimony of what took place in that period among that people these sources may be classified as direct and indirect the former including those that testify directly concerning the matter in hand 
and the latter consisting of those which by their evidence concerning the anecdotes and surroundings of the movement under consideration furnish a basis for the understanding of the direct sources and of the historic movement as a whole under such a definition we cannot either in principle or in fact strictly identify the books of the new testament with the sources of the history of early christianity yet we shall not be far wrong if we think of these as constituting the direct sources of our study when the church of the second century collected from the existing literary products of the new religious movement the books that gradually came to be accepted along with the books of the old testament as the sacred literature of the christian church the test by which they were selected was not indeed their value for historical purposes but their value for doctrine and edification yet in fact the church chose none which are not valuable for the history of the origin and early development of christianity and but few that do not belong to the first century and on the other hand it did not fail to include the most important of the sources at least of those which are still extant when therefore modern biblical scholarship came gradually to assume the historical point of view and to esteem the books of ancient times not only for their devotional and inspirational value but also as sources of history it not only followed a natural course but was substantially right from a historical point of view in continuing to use as the principal subjects of its historical study and the principal sources of the history it was endeavouring to construct the books of the new testament it would indeed be of immense value to us to possess to-day some of the books which our study of the new testament books and of early tradition has shown to have existed in the first or second century such for example as the logia of matthew or the works of papias yet if we are speaking of direct sources still extant for the history of the christian movement down to let us say the production of the fourth gospel we shall have to add to the books of the new testament perhaps only the first epistle of clement and we shall omit not as having no value but as falling outside the period at most only two or three of the general epistles say second peter and jude and possibly james of the indirect sources those from which we are able to recover the environment of early christianity on the other hand the number is legion to this class belong all the books that were produced by the jewish people in the last two centuries before christ and the first century after in a sense indeed the earlier literature including the whole old testament and all those numerous works by non-jewish authors which reflect for us the currents of thought in the roman empire in the period in which christianity was finding its way out from jerusalem to all the lands of the empire seven subsidiary lines of studies in still another direction also we may legitimately extend the boundaries of new testament study 
in order to include two subsidiary subjects which are necessary in order to give to new testament scholarship due breadth and balance and to ensure a proper measure of contact with the practical interests of the religious life on the one hand in accordance with the general principle that any process of investigation is illuminated by a knowledge of the experience of previous study in the same field students of the new testament have found it expedient to examine into the history of the use of the new testament in the christian church on the other hand the study of the new testament does not find its end in itself but in the contribution which it can make to life for this reason and because a perception of the end to be achieved illuminates the whole process it is expedient that a general survey of the field of new testament study should include a consideration of the relation of new testament study to such other interests as those of systematic theology and the religious life of the modern man eight the divisions of the field the whole field of the new testament study may then be subdivided as follows a the books of the new testament and their interpretation one the general nature of the interpretative process two the environment of early christianity three the discovery of the occasion and purpose of the several books introduction to new testament literature four the acquisition of the language of the new testament five the recovery of the text textual criticism six the interpretation of the books of the new testament b the history of the new testament in the christian church one history of interpretation and criticism two history of the canon c the use of the new testament at the present day one for purposes of history two for systematic theology and ethics three for the cultivation of personal character four for religious teaching and preaching but while all these studies fall within the range of new testament study and must be pursued with thoroughness and accuracy by someone if we of this generation are to understand the new testament and know how our religion came to be it does not follow either that every student of the new testament must pursue these studies in the order indicated or that every one shall pursue all these lines of study thus a given student may carry on his study of the new testament on the basis of a modern critical text of its books without knowing anything about the evidence on which this text is based or the principles according to which such evidence must be used in order to arrive at the true text in this particular part of the field he may simply accept the results of the studies made by other men again he may most students do and must use the lexicons and grammars written by other men without investigating the evidence on which they are based he may even do his work of interpretation on the basis of a translation instead of a greek text in which case 
instead of taking the word of the lexographer as to what individual greek words mean he accepts the word of a translator as to what whole sentences mean so far as that meaning can be indicated by a more or less literal translation no scholar however thorough is wholly independent of others every man must build on another man's foundation but some begin much farther back than others again as to order of studies we must as indicated above move in a spiral rather than in a straight line for centuries the books of the new testament were interpreted without any systematic development of the preparatory lines of study and each such study still depends upon the others and upon interpretation the order of studies above indicated is therefore a logical rather than a hard and fast chronological or pedagogical one in practice the systematic pursuit of the different lines of study may well be in the order indicated but the thorough student will necessarily go back and forward from one line of work to another using the results of all the studies he has at any time made to deepen his knowledge of each line of study to which he returns end of chapter four part one